Good evening, Maz. Good evening, Saz. Please, let's all be seated for a minute. Oh, thank you so much, Minister Dyer and the entire group. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's no point you come here to open the word of God without first giving him, giving him his food. And I believe we've done it the way you want us to do it. Amen. Thank you, Minister Dayo. I want to just um, especially appreciate our dear pastor, the set man of the house, the senior pastor of this house, Pastor Bimbe and his wife, Pastor Fumi Bimbe. Am I pronouncing it right? I want, to, I want to sincerely appreciate you for your hospitality. Thank you. You have really taken good care of us, and we are really, really grateful. May the the Lord honor and celebrate you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And I want to appreciate my daddy. I've known him for a very long time, ever since I nearly came to join my husband in this part of the world. He's been my daddy. I appreciate you, sir, daddy, Siaka, my our teacher in School of Disciples and everything. Amen. And I want to appreciate the house. It's a fantastic church, and I'm not just saying it. I thank God for the love in this house. So much love. So much love. Amen. And we are grateful. And we know it's from the spirit of the set man and the first lady of this house. Praise the Lord. I want to appreciate everybody, the pastor of uh, Green Pastures and his loving wife, Pastor Basola and Pastor, and Pastor, don't help me, I will get it right. Pastor Fola, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just one song, please. Just we are already there, but I just want us to take one song. But Dior sang the song, and then please, if you can help me, I don't want any instruments. Please, instrumentalists, I don't want any. Can we all just rise up? If you want to sit down, whatever you want to do, let's just take that song and just connect with it and just mean it. Cause the day panted after the waters. Amen. Panted for the water so much, so longer. You alone are my heart. Desire ain't alone. To to worship you, you alone, you alone, tonight, Lord. This is indeed is our desire. Our heart pants after you. Our spirit long for you. For that sweet fellowship we once know with you. We are here tonight as a church, oh God, just crying for reconnection. Just crying, oh God. 
that one more time, Lord, one more time, let we experience, let us experience again that old time faith that was once delivered unto us. Help us to, to reconnect again whatsoever we have lost, whatsoever that has been destroyed. We just cry tonight, bread of heaven. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Like the woman. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I, I didn't start it well. Like that woman asked the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. But then I had my Savior calling. Draw from the well that never surely dry. Fill my cup. Fill my cup, Lord. So I lift it up, Lord. Yes, Lord, I lift it up to you. Oh, Neposon to Malin Pragajen Mokosandra. Amen. Quench this dusting of my soul. cannot mock you. You are the God that knows the intent of every man's heart. We can play church. It has become so common to copy the songs, to sing so loud, to dance so widely. But you still know those that are worshiping you in spirit and in truth. We don't want to deceive ourselves anymore. We just want to reconnect you, starting from the preacher. Please, Lord, whatever you are doing tonight, oh God, start with me, the preacher. We just ask, oh God, that Lord God Almighty, tonight, let there be restoration. We ask, oh God, that there are levels of restoration. But we cannot bring restoration to the world when we ourselves are sick spiritually. So, Lord, whatever you are doing tonight, start with us as individuals. If there's anything, oh God, we cry for personal restoration. And Lord, at the end of the service, let it be so real that we have met with you. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, we have prayed. Amen. One more time, I sincerely appreciate, Pastor, for this opportunity. I don't take it lightly. And do you know, I can announce that this is the first time my husband and myself have, has been invited together to any conference. They invite us separately. But Pastor was working under the unction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I didn't take the assignment lightly. And may God help us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Very quickly, we know the scripture, but let us not become too familiar tonight. Psalm 51, beloved brethren. Psalm 51, it says, God, give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. I know your abundant, abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt. 
because your compassion is so great. Take away the shameful guilt of sin. Forgive me or forgive the full extent of my rebellious ways and erase this deep stain on my conscience for I'm so ashamed. I feel such pain and anguish within me. I can't get away from the string of sin against you, Lord. Everything I did, I did right in front of you, for you saw it all against you and you only, you above all, you above all have I sinned. Everything you said to me is infallible, infallible true, and your judgment con conquers me. Lord, I've been a sinner from birth. From the moment my mother conceived me, I know you delight to set your truth deep in my heart. Now, follow this. New King James Version. Behold, I was brought, no, please from verse one. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your lovely kindness. It is good to read the word. Can we read it together, brethren? Let's read this version so that we all, the Bible says, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's good to read the word of God. In fact, can we rise up and just honor the word of God as a church? Thank you, sirs and mas. Let's just rise up. Let's honor this word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. God is the word. So let's honor it. Can we read together? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your lovely kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in the sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with ipso, and I shall be cleansed. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. Oh God, the God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praises for you do not desire sacrifice or else I will give it to you. You do not desire burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. Do good in your, your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Can we take that again? Build the walls of Jerusalem again. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased 
with the sacrifice of righteousness, with burnt offering and all burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Please be seated, wonderful people of God. Now, as I begin to look at this, this topic, restoration, I begin to wonder if there's any time we need restoration as a church. Beloved brethren, it is now. Oh, our world has gone through a lot this past, is it one year or one and a half year or two years now? Our world has gone through a lot of challenges. Oh, this strange thing that has come into our, into our community, into our world called COVID-19, whatever it is called and wherever it came from. Oh, this thing has caused a lot of confusion. We have seen so many love people loved ones, but loved people die strangely and prematurely as a result of this strange, this stranger in our midst. We have seen families that we are so glued, so, so loving together as a result of staying at home together for years, for months. Families that we are always busy, never at time. That is why I'm so happy about this church because this indeed is a family church and we take time to study things like this. Because imagine that year that you couldn't have program like this. It's just, unless God is, is with couple, husband and wife, uh, we, we see a lot of homes, so many, um, but what is it called a domestic violence? So many confusion because it was strange to some men or some women that do not have Christ in their life. It's so strange for them to live together as husband and wife these two years, trying to understand each other. There was a lot of confusion. So even child abuse, a lot of things were just happening. What about even even on, on, on our street? We see, we see, even though we are locked down and everything, we see people just. Uh, becoming so obese and watching um, the social me media and you see yourself, you see some slim people, you see people getting so, why am I big, why am I so, and, and they want to be just commit suicide. So many strange things we are happening that period. So many strange things. I'm just measuring a few. Homes, you know, getting uh, destroyed. You see, canceling, cancelers, even the, 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 there's no way they can do it. Doctors can't even see one-to-one. -one. You have issues, you want to see your doctors, but it's all true through the telephone or through FaceTime and everything. So you cannot really get what you want. There was a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, a lot of trouble. It is only those that had God. It is only those that really, the Bible says, they that know their God, they shall be strong. Believe me, this period, the only thing that saw us through was Christ in our life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That was the only thing that sustained us. And the, the shameful or the sad part of it is that this COVID, by the grace of God, is going. But do you know it's still here? It's still here in our midst. It's still here. There's a lot of things to be restored. What about our schools? You know, we are discussing with pastors. Uh, thank God, you know, your pastors are lecturers. Even our schools. Oh, it was God. We have so many children that they, they, they were always, almost having challenges in the academics. Thank God that parents actually pick things up and quickly intervene. P parents intervene quickly because they just could not, could not comprehend. They just could not, they just could not cope. They couldn't cope with the fact that they are not able to have the person at touch of their teachers studying on themselves by themselves, rather, studying by, by themselves. And it was too much. So many things. You know what I'm talking about. So many things were happening. So I believe strongly, beloved people, that it was God that led pastor to pick up this thing. What about the church itself? So many things have gone wrong in our churches. So many things have gone wrong in our family altar. Like we are looking at it tonight. Because, because the devil is deceiving us that, oh, because of the challenges of the modern age, it is not possible. And we buy it. We cannot buy it. Because there is always, God always make a way for us. There is always 
is a way of escape. There are things that are uh, uh, the old landmark that was delivered to us. And we until we go back to that old path, that old time religion that was given to us, which is Christ first and Christ in everything. Unless we put God first, these things cannot work. And that is why we are struggling. So this weekend, I believe that there are different types of restoration. We have marriage or marital restoration. We have restoration in our finances. We have restoration in our health. We have restoration in our relationships, even husband and wife. We have relationship in, um, in you remind me, a lot of things. We, we, uh, we, sorry, we have uh, restoration. We need restoration rather in our relationship. We need restoration in our marriages, restoration in our, in our finances, restoration in our businesses, in our careers, in our education. We need all manners of restoration and everybody's case is peculiar to that person. Where I need my restoration may not be where you need your restoration. But we cannot deceive ourselves. Everybody, at one point or the other, like our beloved pastor, I don't know why I didn't recognize my husband. Please forgive me. That is the highest mistake I've ever made. Sir, I still want to remain in your house. <laughs> Please, Josh, help me to just help me to celebrate my husband. He's my president. My president, my sweetheart. Ah, I cannot. Yes, sir. Ah, please, don't worry me. Forgive me. So carry on. Thank you, sir. I don't know what's happened to me. When it's not the acknowledgement, it's here. Oh my God. Please forgive me. Sincerely, amen. Now, I was saying something. The truth is that everybody have one thing or the other, one area or the other that we need restoration. You know what is happening to you? You know where you are crying? It is wrong to, to pretend that we don't need restoration. Do you know what is happening? In the body of Christ, there's so much pretense, so much cover-up. We keep passion and passion. We just don't want to look like the bad one. We were having a seminar recently in our church, talking about it was just youth evening, and we were having a wonderful time. And somebody that I hold very highly stood up and was saying that the reason why some of these problems are occurring in the, uh, in the lives of, of some of us is because of sin. I said, no. Even Jesus Christ, when the blind man was brought to him, pastor, the blind man at the Bible said he was blind from birth. What did Jesus say? They say, who sinned among his friends? Jesus said, mm -mm, nobody sinned. That is, this happened for what? For God to be glorified. There are some things that happen. Even the righteous, listen, even the righteous have crosses to carry. Even the righteous have price to pay. Let no man deceive you. Okay, tell me, what about brother Job? What did the Bible says? He said, Job, everything about Job, it was perfect. God could make a, a, a boast of Job. I don't want to, because that's not part of the scriptures I want to read tonight. I don't want to go there. If you begin to read John chapter one, God himself was making a boast with him. He was a man that had a perfect standing. There was nothing, nothing to, 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 to no flaw in him. Yet, the devil came to Jesus Christ to say it's because he put a wall of protection around about him. Just remove the wall of protection and see if he will not fall. And, and God agreed. God agreed. And maybe those things that are happening, maybe, maybe somebody is talking to God on your behalf that God is because she's enjoying you. You're just protecting and you're making, I'm not saying that it could be. We don't know why you are going through your thing. At times it's just for you because before any promotion come, there must be an examination. It's just for you to go through your examination. I go through my examination and at the end of it, thank God, ma, how will I go to my next level, man, without passing my examination? It is not possible. 
so I have to, and that is why some of these things come up. So now, like I was saying, I don't know. I don't know what your issue is. Whatever it is tonight and this weekend, the Lord God Almighty want to do a complete overhaul in all of us. Now, this story, this scripture that we read about in this um, book that we just read, Psalm 51, hmm, wonderful, 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 is a story of the, the man whom Jesus Christ called David, a man after who? God's own heart. That is David. David, like us Christians, David messed up big time. And the truth is that at one time or the, or the other, we have all messed up. True or false? Or false. At one time or the other, we have messed up. And I thank God for the sincerity in this house we are talking tonight. And that my wonderful sister said, we should not deceive our children pretending to be the best of the best because we have all passed through stages and we, we know our past. Amen. Ma, you are saying that we, we all know our past. So we shouldn't pretend to ask our, our daughters or sons. We all have one way or the other way we are falling short of the glory of God. You know, David messed up big time. We know the story. Please, if you have time, because of my time, I'm not going to read it. Second Samuel chapter 11 and verse 12. Take time when you get home, read the story. It's a long one, but it's good to reread it again. And I know we have, not, we have already, we know the story. It's the story of David, the servant of God, the king of Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. The one that God put in charge of his, the Israelites. The one who was the least among his brethren. The one that was never qualified. He was in the in, in in the field taking care of um, animals when the, the ones that were that, that the, well, I would like the 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 important people in the house the number one people in the house were lined up for God to choose who, who he wants to be is a prophet when all of them saw oh that was so amen but, but yes David yes I'm still saying the same yes they had to you know when they presented them said no all these people are presented mm -mm. they are not the one is there no one that will not sit? My God. See how important he is. We will not sit until you fetch him. So they have to go and bring him from the field. As dirty as he was, ugly as he was, they brought him out. And when they brought him, they got, the Lord said, yes, this is the one. You know, somebody that was the less privileged, somebody that was not qualified, and God brought him and made him king over his beloved nation, over his beloved people. And you, 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 you will imagine that such a person, he will govern, he will rule with fear and with trembling. It's not the same thing that is happening to us. We remember where we came from. We remember the ugliness of the ugliness. We remember all, our, all, all the pitfalls. We remember the shame we are, we are in. How the Lord brought us from the Mary clay and placed our feet upon the rock to stay. And yeah, enjoying through the blood of the Lamb, the precious blood that was shed for you and I on the cross of Calvary. And yet we are now in Christ, and yet we have forgotten all Jesus did. We are just, you know, just making a mess of everything so that even in the world, they cannot tell the difference between me and my brother who is an unbeliever. But the Lord will deliver us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. So this is what happened. David forgot completely. And one day, while all men went to work, May the Lord help us so that we will not find ourselves suddenly idle. Idleness is a terrible thing. No wonder the Bible says the idle hand is what the devil's workshop. The devil will always find job for idle is. This is something we, we teach continuously in the school of disciples. Never you allow yourself to be idle. Amen. No matter what, keep doing something in the house of God. I don't know how many of you are in this house. You come every Sunday, you come every Wednesday, you enjoy it. And there are so many things to do in this house. Pastor, I, I know you. There, there are so many things to be done. And if you are in this house, 
house tonight, know that the Lord is speaking to you. There must be a restoration in your work with the Lord. You must come back to God, re 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 reconcile your life with him and look for something in the house of God. Get busy for Christ because nobody knows when he's going to call, uh, come again. Anyway, this is how David suddenly, the Bible says, why men went to war, went to battle. People, men, <laughs> men, they went to battle. David suddenly believed that he has arrived because he's fought so many battles and he's defeated and he's won. He felt that he had arrived. Okay, let my small boys, let the small boys go. And I, the Ogak Patakwata, and he was just strolling in the cool of the night. And suddenly, may what, may, my eyes and your eyes not behold iniquity in the name of Jesus. I speak to my eyes. Nobody is talking. Say, in the name of Jesus, I will not see what I shouldn't see. What, what will keep me, I will not see it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So David saw this beautiful woman. Oh, what size, whatever size you want to put it. He saw the woman and he was attracted. And one thing led to the other. The truth is that David became an adulterer or adulterous man. He, he, he also became a killer, a murderer. Just within one time. Because having done this, he needed to cover the sin. He did everything to Raya. He made him drunk. He did everything to make him go to the battlefront. And he put a letter, a letter of death. He wrote the letter of death, put it up. I don't know who your best friend is. We have seen friends that have, that have entrapped you, <clears throat> deceived you into things that ordinary you will not go or places ordinary you will not go to. Things, business, ordinary, you will not be involved in. Association, ordinary, you can never be associated with. But the package is so well, so beautiful, that you do not know. And before you know what is happening, because you are not sensitive enough to know God's prompting. Because God will always prompt his own. He will not allow you to fall into victim. But because you did not know, you just see yourself becoming a snail in the devil's trap. May the Lord deliver us in the name of Jesus. But this man was so sensitive. Despite everything, he tried. But with the letter, he eventually Joab had to put him and he died. Amen. He died. But David thought it was over. After this, he brought the wife, brought Bathsheba, slept with her. Uh, sorry, took her in and she became his wife. And um, Nathan, thank God for prophet Nathan, he came and he pointed his sin out to, to, to him. Brethren, the Bible says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. When the Lord loves you, I will listen. And I want to believe God loves us at our present here. When God loves you, God will point out your sin for you. So that when you see it and, and you allow yourself, you allow yourself to receive, to, 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 you allow your spirit, you know, to, to, to be melted before the Lord. And you go and repent as the Lord will forgive you. The truth is that David, after the sin was, was pointed to him, he recognized his fault and he submitted. And he said to Nathan, and that is where I want to dwell. This, because this is where I want to look at tonight. Oh. I need my glasses because I want to look at one or two things with my neck now. I don't know. I want to look deeply into that psalm because that is what we do tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, he started by talking about mercy. David started by discussing the mercy of God. Hallelujah. God, give me mercy. Have mercy upon me, oh God. Have mercy. I don't know how many times you've taken time to pray for mercy. Do you know my father-in-law? Actually, it's not my father-in-law. It's my daddy in the name of Jesus. Because by every standard, he was a father to me. He was never an in-law. Um, one thing 
One prayer he always prayed for my husband and myself and my family. Whenever we call him or whenever he call, whenever he's talking to us, do you know the prayer I always pray? That is the prayer. Daddy constantly. Let him call. Let us call. Only one prayer points. Thank you. Even before he see anything, that is the first thing that will come out of his mouth. And I started, you know, meditating and pondering upon that. And I realized that in so many ways, I have seen the mercy of God work in the life of my husband. And I realized that this thing is not just, daddy is not just doing it, that daddy has been doing it for a long time. And daddy understands what mercy is. Mercy. I don't know. Have you ever taken time to ask God to cry for the mercy of God upon your life? Brother, if I've never, I need you to do that because it is good. The mercy of God is what we all need. <laughs> but for the mercy of God, we will be consumed by the enemy. Every stage of our lives, we need God's mercy. If God is merciful upon us, every other thing is temporary. Temporary. We need God's mercy. Hallelujah. Now, I want to begin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let us define mercy. Mercy. David understand that God's heart is a heart of mercy. You know that when we sin, we alone or we ourselves, by ourselves, we are condemned. The Bible says, he that sinneth shall die. That is the word of God. Mercy is the only thing that can rescue us. Every other thing we fail. It is very important and significant as Christians that we need to remind ourselves always what mercy is. What mercy is truly is. Mercy of God. We believe that there is no way out. When we believe there is no way out of a particular sin, instead of we crying out to God for mercy, I'll begin to cover it. We are just playing with death. Micah chapter 7 verse 18. I'll just quickly read it from it. It says, who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnants of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forevermore because he delights in steadfast love. Micah understand this. And so does David. I, may, I pray, may the Lord help me and you to understand mercy. Mercy. I know we say the mercy of God filleth not. <clears throat> mercy. This is what David cried for, the mercy of God. Mercy of God. Unmerited favor. Grace, that is grace. Mercy also. Now, Romans 6 verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says, God forbid. God forbid. It says, the soul that sinners shall. However, we must understand God is in his red. God is always ready to extend mercy. So that the enemy does not win over us. The enemy knows how to, how to frustrate us when we have failed miserably. Like I said, everybody has failed at one point or the other. Even if you go back to the word of God, if you go back to examples, you will see several times David himself failed. <laughs> several times the Israelite, the beloved nation of God, nation of God, they failed several times. But it's this mercy that kept them going. Mercy. Now, instead of us to receive mercy, the devil wants to make us to cover our sins. He wants to make us to hide it. And that is why when we are falling, so of us just come out and say, Lord, I failed. David realized it. Immediately, Nathan pointed the sin to him. And he confessed it. He acknowledges it. And God forgive him. 
But we try to cover it, and the devil is happy. Do you know why he's happy? Because he knows as we are covering, he has a hold over us. He has something. Initially, David tried to cover the sin. David, he did not just agree until Nathan pointed it. But there are even times when God, the inner witness in us, God himself points out our sins, and we still keep arguing. We want to, we want to just... Um, Always argue it out. Sometimes the word of God, the truth of God is, is confronting us, but we just want to defend it. We look for other scriptures to cover it. The Bible says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we confess our sins, there is nothing the devil have upon us. For as long as we are hiding it, then that sin will make us condemn. Mercy makes it, sorry, hiding our sin makes it easy for the devil to come seeking for us. Make it easy for the devil to destroy us. The Bible says he has come for just three assignments. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. For as long as we cover it. And now in that verse 2, verse 2 says, it says, okay, there is different, oh, sorry, can you take me back? Can you take me back to that our Psalm 51? Praise the Lord. Okay, maybe I will not wait. David asked for cleansing. He asked for cleansing from his, from his sins, spiritually. I don't know how many times as the Lord points our sins to us, do we ask God to cleanse us? The Bible says, sanctify us with your truth. Your word is truth. How many times have you used the word of God? Just look for scriptures and just ask the Lord to point you. You know, there's something my husband taught us to do, that every morning when we wake up, we dedicate our lives to God, to Jesus Christ. Because you don't know, just like Job, whenever his sons and daughters go out, he always takes time to make sacrifices on their behalf to ask for mercy because he's not sure whatever has happened. He says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. We need God's cleansing. And it's the word of God. It's the blood of God that can cleanse us. David was not talking about physical cleansing here. No. Physical cleansing is not about physical righteousness. It's not, it's not about playing church. It's, that cleansing is between you and your God. It's a cleansing that is completely, you know, on the inside that takes away every dirtiness. Sometimes we are aware and sometimes we are sometimes we are where we need it. Sometimes we are not, but the Holy Spirit will not leave us in the dark. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He always make, make things uh, revealed to us. He allows allow us to know the gravity of our sins. He reveals it to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts and points out, point out our sins to us. Any pastor, any man, that keep telling you or pointing out your sin is not helping us. We are not the ones. We are just to preach the word, to direct you. But the Holy Spirit will be the one to convict you. We will not. But if you allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will do that. Is the one that convicts us. Verse 3, verse 3 says, now, you talk about, for acknowledge my tra tra transgressions. Transgressions. Now, transgressions and my sin is always before me. Transgressions mean committing the sin, even though we know that it's a sin. There are so many times, you know this, uh, I remember one of our daughters, God bless her, we suddenly realized we are not seeing her in church again. And pastor became so concerned because at one point, it was my husband's secretary and she's a very good daughter. I can tell you that. Very good daughter. She started with God-fearing and everything. But you know, the Bible says, hope that is the fact makes the heart to be, to be sick. She was trusting the Lord for a life partner. And Apparently, she just felt somehow that she has waited for too long and that nothing is happening. She decided to take laws into her hands. And she, she just grabbed somebody or somebody grabbed her. I don't know whatever happened. There was a, a, an agreement between both of them. <laughs> and they started, 
and they, they started cohabitating and living together and just did whatever they were doing. But the Spirit of God kept prompting the man of God, go and look for this, your daughter. Something is not right. So he left the earth and he went seeking for her. Of course, just like our forefather, Adam and Eve, after they'd eaten the forbidden fruit, what, what were they doing? They were hiding, hiding away from the same God that they once had fellowship with in the cool of the evening. God will come and they will have fellowship. You know, sin always makes you to discover you are naked because sin leaves you exposed for attack. Leave you exposed for different things that the devil will throw at you. No more. That, that edge that was around uh, Job was no longer there. So anything, from one sin, you keep falling and falling on, until you have so much into it. And so this lady, when she saw Pastor, she was shocked and she said, I cannot I, I lie to you because I know you are a man of God. So let me confess. I'm into sin and I'm enjoying the sin. I don't even want to come out. I said, Zach, and do you know what? And that is what the devil does. Do you know what the devil does? It will make you to feel that you have gone too deep. There's no point. Don't come again. Don't come again. Ah, you just carry on the way you are. Who says our God is forever merciful? He's forever, forever longing for us to come back home. If he can forgive the prodigal son, who is it God cannot forgive? That prodigal son is a type of me and you. It doesn't matter how we have gone astray. If we can just come back and say, Lord Jesus, I've missed it, but I'm here. Receive me again. This girl says she's so much enjoying it that she will not come back. We prayed, we did everything, but it was too late. After a while, there's so much a pastor can do. But do you know what is happening today? It's so strange. Today, the guy has dealt so well with her. After she has given birth to a child outside wedlock, yes, she had the child for this guy outside wedlock because he never married her. It was just because she's got the right of abode in this land. He was looking for somebody to help him to secure his stay in this land. After he's gotten whatever he wanted, he just abandoned her and he went. Now, and she's the one carrying the body now, the child and everything. And do you know what is funny? She now came back to pastor and said, pastor did not try enough. That pastor should have, <laughs> is that not the word? That he should have beaten her, he should have flogged her, should have done this. A grown, in this Britain, do you want a license to be taken away? <laughs> You got to, I reject it for you, sir, because you, have, you are not going to any jail for anybody. Amen. It's so ridiculous, beloved brethren. But this is exactly the accusation. Because now she looks at her life so pitiful. Shame, she cannot come back to the church. We have not given up on now. We are still praying. She just couldn't come back. But to the glory of God, I believe she has found her way now. Because even though she couldn't come to our branch, she's gone one of, at least we know she's somewhere now. And I pray this time that our restoration is genuine. Because God is still in the business of restoration. I'm not here to make fun of her. I'm just here to encourage somebody. It doesn't matter how far you have gone. Pray that you can still come back home to your Messiah. Because he's waiting. Amen. He says, David was saying, I know when I transgress. I know it. I went into this sin willingly. I was not, con no, the woman did not deceive me. He, thank God he did not blame it on Bathsheba. He did not say, he said, I knew and I went into it. My sin is forever before me. It was a willful act on my part. Willful act of rebellion. I rebelled against you, Lord God. He says, oh, my sin is always before me. It is no. I know. I walk into it with my eyes. Nobody tricked me. Not Bathsheba. This is my own doing. And he was asking for mercy. Do you know 
that he really messed up time because he was supposed to be even the protector of the woman because he was a king. Amen. It, it, it was. Let us look at it in recent. David actually betrayed all his dwellings because God placed him. How many times the Lord has placed you? Even as parents, the Lord has placed us over our children. Our beloved brother, you're not the only one guilty. May God help me. May God help every one of us. He says the little girl asked her daddy, have you ever lied? He couldn't answer. Can I answer that question? But then can you sincerely answer that question? Because a lie is a lie. Even the little lie. Little, little lie. Some of us will just pick up the phone and call our places of work and polling. And you know you are not. Little, little lies. We tell our parents, tell our mommy is not in. Go and answer the phone. Say, mommy is not in. They are watching. Just like everything I've been said to now. You know what? I enjoyed that question in time because I know my, my work was already done. Why we are so much paying attention on ourselves? If we are transformed, if the transformation starts with us, you know, by this time next year, this house cannot remain like this. Because the Bible says, if the foundation be faulty, what can the righteous do? What God wants to go back to our foundation and sort out some things so that when God is true with us, we will go out there and bring souls and they will listen. Amen. They will listen. They're not taking us seriously because there are some things they want to see in us and they will see it in the mighty name of Jesus. David actually betrayed all Israel. Like, how many times have we betrayed that person that is looking onto? Everybody have somebody looking onto her. Don't be this. You don't think it's only pastor or pastor misses. Everybody, there's somebody God has placed you wherever you are to influence. We are all created to influence people at one level or the other. So are we influencing positively or negatively? That is the question. David actually influenced negatively. Because if David, being the king, have you ever had, when a king says he needs you, I had those days in Yoruba land, I don't know if any other, when a king sees you as beautiful as you and say, I want you, they don't, <laughs> you, you have no choice but to submit. True or false, daddy? Uh -huh. Yes, on your best you have no choice but to quickly submit. In fact, we're trembling and we fear with everything. So when he sent for Bathsheba, she had no choice. I know we want to argue. There's times people have argued. It's a lie. Jesus Christ. Judas Iscariot was supposed to be one of the closest people of Jesus Christ. Same thing as Peter. And yet they were the first people to betray him. But the difference between Judas Iscariot and Peter is that one had a heart to repent. Just like I pray that after today, me and you will genuinely repent. Why Judas Iscariot just made, he was set in his ways. Are we set in our ways? Do we want to continue or we are crying indeed for that transformation this weekend? May the Lord give us that transformation in the name of Jesus. Now, David was minimizing, sorry, David was not minimizing his sin in that verse 4. Oh, they've removed it again. He was not minimizing his sin when he said, okay, against you and you alone have I seen. It's not as if he's saying, now nah, this sin is not against Raya. This sin is not against Bathsheba. It's not against the people of Israel. It's against you only. No, he was a wise man. Do you know what he was doing? He was saying, God, after everything is done and said, you are the one that will judge me. It means at times you can be in right standing with the people of the world. They can be hailing us, thinking, oh, you are doing so well. Oh, you are singing so mightily. You are, you are winning so, so mightily. You are doing wonders. How does God see you? David knows that you cannot mock God. We can't mock God. So he knows that God is the one that will judge him. 
God is the one that we stand before on the judgment day on the last day. So it's not that he was minimizing his sin that after all, you are the one I sin against, so I'm, I'm free to do it. No. I want us to understand. So how many times do we know that whatever, anything we do, the consequences is beyond here. It's beyond here. Whatever, you may not see the, 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 the wound physically. You may think you have escaped. But one day these things come back to us. They do. They do. I can give you examples of examples. Uh, testimonies of people that have seen and they think they've escaped and this thing come back to us then. Any unconfessed sin is a danger. We must not abhor it. We must not abhor unconfessed sin. David acknowledges sin. Hmm. He knew his action. He knew that he betrayed God. David did not make any excuses. That's on that. He says that you may be found just against you and you alone have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Amen. Let's move to five. What, what is five says? Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. What he's saying here is that it's not making an excuse that, oh, after all, you know, he was going back, going back to what Paul was saying, that by one man, sin came into this world, true or false? Yes, by Adam, the first Adam, sin came into this world. Um, Romans chapter 5, verse, 20, uh, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and death comes through sin, and this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. The Bible says, Romans 3, 32, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Now, he was not making an excuse that, oh, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, it is after all, it is in sin. My mother gave birth to me, so I'm entitled to sin. No. What he was actually saying is that I have inherited the sinful nature from Adam, the first Adam. Through him, this sin has come. Lord, help me. Help me. My, you know, it's not that he's putting the sin on his mother. It's not that he's blaming his father. No. But he was acknowledging that, oh, this, this nature, this flesh, just like Paul was saying, this flesh that, that make me not to do what I want to do. Though he didn't say it that way, but that is just exactly what he was saying. Acknowledging his sin. Hmm. And he went on. He went on to verses. He went on to verses. He says, you delight in truth. Verse 6, ma, or sir. You delight in truth. You, he says, behold, you desire truth. In the inward parts and in the hidden parts, you will make me to know wisdom. He knows that the God we are serving is a God of truth. And his word, in his word, he has taught us the truth. He knows the truth. He knows, wrong, he knows the wrong from the right. And he knows God. You cannot walk with God in deceit. You can't even play games with God. God knows everything. And he knows that God desires truth. And he knows that there is truth. There is wisdom. He says, you make me to know wisdom. God, in the word of God, there is wisdom. There is wisdom in the word of God. You, there is nothing you are looking for. The word of God is there to guide our path. It's a light unto us to direct us, to tell us, to tell us this is the way. Walk in it. So we cannot blame anything. Everything is there in the word of God. Unless when we don't study it. See, so we don't study it. That is when, when, we mess it, when, when we mess up and we miss it. So David was saying, you delight in truth. He knows that being, he, 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 was, he was living in sin. And, and he also knows that he cannot deny that the truth is revealed to him. That he knows the truth. But then I want to pause here. There are so many things we do. We know the truth, but intentionally we try to use scriptures to cover the truth. And that is so common in Christendom. Do you know, you can see two parishes of the redeemed Christian church of God on the same street. 
Enter here this Sunday and go there next Sunday. You will be surprised. Believe me, brethren. You will be surprised that they may not believe the same doctrine. I'm telling you, things happen. You may enter two Pentecostal churches and go. Because everybody is just preaching what is convenient for them. But one day, <laughs> one day, no wonder the Bible says judgment will start from here. That is it. We, we Christians, we preachers, may God help us so that this same word we are supposed to use to deliver, may this same word not condemn us. It says he sent this word to heal, to deliver us from destruction. May this same word may not condemn because we are just teaching things to please ourselves. And God is watching us. May the Lord deliver us. The same body of Christ. Somebody will say, oh, we should do this. Somebody will say, no, not like this. Ah, we are no longer in slavery. It's true. We are not in slavery. We are not in captivity. It's true. But we should not take liberty for, for license. For license. I'm preaching to myself. Sin. You cannot say you are ignorant anymore. The Lord, the word of God is complete. We cannot take the wisdom of God and cast it away. And he went on. Yes, what is that one? He went on verse seven. Make me hear joy and gladness. Oh, purge me with ipso and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow with your word. And that is what, that is where I want us to get this weekend. Say, Lord, I don't want to play church anymore. I don't want to play games anymore. I desire a complete transformation from the inside, from my heart. The Bible says, you know, from the heart flows the issues of life. It says the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This heart, everything. We want the purging to be from the heart, not, not a mouth stain. And if God does it from the heart, it will come. You know? The Bible says, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It will flow, it will come, and people will see. When this cleansing comes from the heart, may the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Now, I want us to, to see that. He said, make me uh, to hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Make me, I think I missed something. I missed something in verse 6. I missed something when he was saying, cleanse me with Ipso. That is, he was talking about this cleansing. He, he recognized himself as a spiritual leper and he needs cleansing. Remember the lepers, unless they have received cleansing, they cannot relate with men. Unless Jesus Christ, unless they are pronounced cleansed. So he was talking about that. Leviticus 14, 6 to 7a, you can read that. He was talking about this cleansing because he, he sees himself that because he was not... The, the, the person that God made him, he has allowed sin. So now he sees himself as dirty, filthy, filthy, and as a spiritual leper. So how, the question is, how is God seeing me and you? Uzziah. Uzziah was busy doing what? Prophesying. Prophesying. <laughs> Until he got to chapter 6. That is when he suddenly discovered himself. And he says, woe unto me. For what? I'm a man with unclean lips. Brethren, Every one of us together with the preacher tonight, we just want to ask the Lord to purge us. I realize my time is going because I'm, I can also realize I'm losing concentration. There's no point to finish. Yes, I'm very sensitive to know that. So I'm going to stop here and we are going to pray. We are going to pray. But before I pray, I, I, I know there's a story that will remind, that we excite you. I'll quickly read that story and we'll pray. Amen. Well, because we, we, we do not want to end up just making you feel Oh, it's all about being
beating us today. Amen. Beating us today, beating us today. In the name of Jesus, I will tell you something very nice also, and we'll go. In the mighty name of Jesus. Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. Very quickly, Luke chapter 7, 11 to 15, and we'll end it here. Luke chapter 7. Now we have looked at individual one. Luke chapter 7. I will read from here. Luke 7. 11 to 15. It says, Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. A great crowd went with him. There are some people, they are just crowd in your life. And they are only interested in you when you are in trouble. I know some people, when they are trusting the love for life partners, people enjoy praying for them. When they are trusting the love for the fruits of the womb, people want to show fake empathy. And they are arranging prayer meetings and prayer meetings for them. When they do not have accommodation, people are so interested in them, helping them to get their prayer, arranging prayer. My husband knows what I'm talking about. Doing their, their counselors, their, their prayer warrior, praying for them. But the moment God answered the prayer, and they got their stay in the land, and God started blessing them everything, you see everybody one by one disappearing, because they're only interested in you when things are not working in your life. They want to be fake sympathizers, pretending to love you more than God. This widow, she have just lost her son. And the Bible makes me understand that afterward, Jesus Christ went to a town called Nain. Before this, Jesus had a different mission, talking about healing the centurion servant. I'm not going to go into it. This was not planned, but he had a great crowd went with him. That is, Jesus had a great crowd went with him, and he drew near. This is Jesus Christ. This, this crowd we are going to with Jesus. This once they were uh, crowd. Whenever you see crowd, either they are seeking for miracles, they know Jesus is a miracle worker, or they want to tap the anointing, the grace. It's not many of them are not genuine. It is only disciples that are there for the real thing. It says, and as he drew near to the gates of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out. Now, the oldest man was being carried out, and he was the only son of his mother on the line. The only. It means the woman does not have any other. After this, he's gone. And, the, and, and this one has already died. And she said, she was what? A widow. Please ex explain to me. If she's a wid widow, and she had only the son. A widow, what does a widow mean? Any husband? No husband. And she had only the son, and now the son is dead. Is there any other thing left with her? No hope. No hope anymore. There's no hope for this woman. And I don't know, maybe you are here. You've lost everything in this period. That's why this is coming. Now the Lord has purged us, I believe. You've lost everything in this period. I want you to know that even though there's no hope, the Bible makes me to understand there's hope for you. Because even for a tree, when it's cut down, what will happen? It will, it will rise again. It will grow again. So there's hope. It's not lost. And, and the Bible says, and she, this child was being carried, and the only son of this woman, and he was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the, from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had what? Compassion on her. That is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is always having compassion. Even for that state you are now, Jesus Christ is not condemning you. If you are once doing one thing or the other, that is not right. It's not condemning Jesus. His heart towards us is always the heart of compassion and mercy. And he's calling us. And even if you are struggling in any areas of your life, be it your marital life, your career, anything, know that you have a God that is very, very concerned and passionate about you. And all he needs, all he needs is for you to rise up and to be a better version because he has created you for greatness. Two minutes more. And I'm going to round up. Thank you, sir. He says, and he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. 
Then he came up and touched the bear, and the bearer stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Arise. That is what the Lord is telling me to say to you. Arise from where you are falling. Beloved brothers, beloved sisters, arise from where you are falling. Whatever is dead, restoration actually means things that uh, you lost or things that were dead, the Lord wants to bring it back to life. So whatever you have lost, whatever is lost, whatever is destroyed, the Lord is about to bring, bring it back to life. And he shall come. He said, arise. And the Bible says, and the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. And fear uh, sees all of them, and they glorify God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. That is going to be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Shall we rise? Shall we rise as we take this prayer? We're going to cry to the Lord. Say, Lord, I desire a touch. You have packaged this weekend because of me. I desire wherever, whatever aspect of my life is broken, any aspect of my life that is broken, any aspect of my life that is destroyed. Any aspect of my life that is lost, maybe it's my peace, maybe it's my joy. Wherever I've lost my joy, create in me a new art. He's, he's talking about, he didn't say cleanse my art, create, create a new art. Just like give me a new art. They're just telling whatsoever, we are just telling the Lord and we trust God that God can create a new beginning. God can give you a complete beginning, a fresh start, complete restoration. And that is what the Lord desires. That is why he led our pastor even to choose this topic, begin to present it to the Lord. Present your case. Say, Lord, concerning this area and that area, I present my case. Grant me total restoration in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to hand it on to my husband. She just pray. Pray. Just speak this one. Father, we thank you. No doubt about it. You have spoken to us tonight that as individuals, we need restoration. We need God to revive us again. We need God to rebuild our broken worlds. We need God to fill that empty space in our life with Jesus. Tonight, I join my faith with my wife and everyone here tonight that we will not go home empty. The Lord will fill us afresh. Fresh unction, fresh anointing, fresh power, in the name of Jesus. The spirit of restoration is in the house. May we be fully restored. May our home be fully restored. Our family be fully restored. Our finances be fully restored. Our marriages fully restored. Our career fully restored. Even emotionally, may we be restored. That they build us afresh, O oh God. Creating us a new heart, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty Father. Take all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And we also want to thank you for your daughter who has ministered to us tonight. Father, continue to restore her. Continue to fill her fresh. Continue to empower her. Use us for your glory. Let your signs and wonder overshadow our life. Testimony galore. Good news, good report. We'll continue to hear about her. Thank you for making her a blessing tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.